get all stung up. Ooh, what up, H-Town? Hey, how we doing? He's blank. I'm Branham. It's Joe George behind the glass. It is a Thursday edition of the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. How y'all feeling? Y'all feeling good? I saw you chuckle over there. I had a little frog in the throat to start it all. The what was a little weak, but I'm here to bring it strong. Are you chuckle? No, Jeremy did a little. I, I tune you out when you say that, so I didn't even know that you, you squeaked there. My bad. I didn't I didn't notice. You could have gotten away with it. I, but I admire the uh, honesty. I admire I, the honesty. I don't admire you tuning me out on that, but that's fine. Hey, I'm honest. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if I admire honesty, I'm going to be honest. Are you feeling better than the Rangers are feeling? Man. Easy, easy answer there, right? Yeah. I, I mean, look, it's not over by any stretch of the imagination, but to do what you did and just absolutely just demoralize and rip the hearts out of a team that's been riding high along with their fan base, their announcers, and everybody associated with the team up in Arlington, that was tough stuff, man. I mean, you go back and everybody's now pointing at the Simeon Maldonado conversation. It's just that you got a team that's been there, done that. And when these kind of situations, we went through the same situation with the Mariners, you know, a year ago when we talked about their regular season World Series, when they were all jacked up and talking smack about the Astros at this point in the season. This was what the Mariners fans and the Astros fans were both looking forward to. Going in, going out, Astros and their fans riding high, feeling great about themselves. Rangers left to figure out, can we pick up the pieces? Can we salvage the rest of the season? Because it feels like they got kicked, they're down, and you got to see if they're going to get up. The uh, the Mariners have held their own much better than the Rangers head-to-head. I, I know that the Astros lead the division. Mariners have at least picked up their end of the bargain when they're playing the Astros, uh, where the Rangers have not. The Rangers have not been good against the Astros, really, for like the last... Uh, seven years, eight years, whatever it is, the Astros have have dominated the Rangers. They've owned the Rangers. They are the Rangers poppy. Um, and that wasn't even a sweep yesterday. Like, I understand it was a sweep, but they demoralized Texas. They knocked them out. Now, look, there's still 20-ish games left to play for the Texas Rangers. They are still very much in the wild card race. You might see Texas again. You still might see Texas in the postseason. With how you've played against the Rangers, I'm open to that. I'm cool with that. But the Rangers are not completely dead yet. Now, you've killed them in this little head-to-head. You've killed them in the silver glove. You've killed them probably in the division because you lead the Rangers now by three games. Astros have 21 to play. But you also own the tiebreaker. So the Rangers would have to make up four games to jump over the Houston Astros. And with some of the Rangers and who they play, their schedule, it does look unlikely. But the Rangers, you could still see them again in the postseason. I'd welcome that, but you could see them again in the postseason. But the Astros with an absolute statement in Arlington. There's so many like records to talk about whenever you look at what they did. The Astros outscoring the Texas Rangers in this series 39-10, to which is unheard of. And remember, they were down 3 nothing in the first game of the series. They had to rally to win. They outscored them 39-7 to after they were trailing 3 nothing in Game 1, which AP France on the mound. For the first time in Major League Baseball history, again, the Astros doing something that has never been done in Major League Baseball history. The other day, it was Dubon, the nine-hole hitter, Jose Altuve, the leadoff hitter, hitting back-to-back home runs twice in the same game. First time a nine-hole and a leadoff has had done that. The Astros hit 16 home runs in this series, 50 hits in this series, the first team in a three-game series to do that in Major League Baseball history. They're not only beating the Rangers, they're not only demoralizing the Rangers, but they're making baseball history against the Rangers. Yeah, look, this is, especially the situation in which it occurred, right? You were coming out of that Yankee series, and there was a lot of people scratching their temple and wondering, 
you know, which team's going to show up? I mean, what does, what is this team going to be ready for battle? And are they going to take on the Rangers? Or is this the beginning of the end for the Astros looking as bad as they played against the Yankees? And now you look at the way they just handled their business, especially with the fact that if you were feeling bad about the Yankees series, like you said, when J.P. France didn't get off to a great start and you were down three right off the, the jump, you thought, my goodness, this, this could end badly. And instead, it was just a complete 180 and putting the pedal down and basically running them over and then putting it in reverse and saying, oh, no, 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 we're not done. We're going to finish this and kept going and going. And the way they did it, you're right, it was destructive. I mean, we talk about the offense being the calling card of this team. But when you do it with power, you do it with big innings and crooked numbers and the way that they kept doing it and the guys that kept doing it, which weren't necessarily just Altuve and Jordan and Tucker, you're looking at this going, man, this team, if this if it's peaking at the right time, this is an engine that could roll right over a steam engine just about anybody in the American League and be ready for whoever they would face You know, going forward past that. Yeah, I heard some people talking about, like, does this change your opinion of the Astros, this beatdown of the, of the Rangers? And quite frankly, it doesn't for me. I never wavered off the fact that the Astros had World Series potential. It's a matter of them kind of realizing their potential, and three games doesn't make a season. Three games sweep over the Rangers does not make the season. Being swept at home by the Yankees does not make the se- make the season. But from opening day, really even before opening day, from spring training to now, I've never wavered on the thought that this was a World Series caliber team. So when they get swept by the Yankees, don't waver off of that. When they sweep the Rangers, I don't waver off of that. Now, I will say whenever they beat down a team that's playoff caliber in the Texas Rangers, it's like, okay, are they starting to hit their stride? Are they starting to see that potential? Because... What you saw in this Ranger series was about as close as you're going to get to a like how you're setting up for the postseason. You had Fromber on the mound. You had Justin Verlander on the mound. J.P. France is probably one of your, I don't know if I want to say he's one of your playoff starters, but at least two of the three of them are playoff starters. So you throw out Fromber, it was good in a blowout. Throw out Justin Verlander, good in a blowout. You have your playoff lineup. Some people were mad about Chaz McCormick not being in it. Some people were mad that Yiner Diaz wasn't in it, but it's probably your playoff lineup. So you put out... What you're going to show in the postseason, you flat out dominated a playoff caliber team on the road. It shows you that the Astros are still World Series caliber good. They've always been World Series caliber good, but maybe they're starting to flip the switch a little bit. And that's the other thing that amazes me about the Astros blankers. I think they get a little bored of 162. I think they get bored when the worst Yankees team this millennium comes into town. I think they get bored like last year when they went into Oakland, played the lousy single A's in front of 200 people, and they got swept. I think this Astros team gets bored with the the redundancy of a regular season. The series where they have to show up for the most time, they show up and they win. Yeah, they do. And I think you're right, though, Jeremy. I mean, look, we talk about the golden era of Astros baseball. At a certain point, as much as I've hated it throughout sports, and, and it's very rare a team can flip a switch whenever they want and feel like they can do whatever they want to do, this team seems to be a team that has that confidence and that togetherness in that locker room just the same way we talk about when we're, we're you know scrutinizing Dusty's managerial decisions throughout the regular season in the 162. What doesn't make sense to everybody else is acceptable in that locker room, is understood by that locker room. And whether you believe it's the right decision or not, or or you know anybody outside of this organization thinks that it's the wrong decision, as long as everybody in that locker room buys into it and realizes it, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And how they handle their business now just sets them up for how they're going to really attack and handle their business in the postseason. And the fact that it's worked for them every single year, they can be a little complacent in the regular season, but they know it's go time. You heard it from Bregman. You could feel it in a lot of the guys' voices in interviews. 
that it was refocus time and redialing in time. Now they want to win every game, and they're proving right now that they're capable of doing just about that. Now you got everybody's now, of course, turned the page to worry about can they win at home. I don't worry about home versus road. I worry about health. And the biggest thing all season long has been we really hadn't ever seen this team fully healthy. When you see this team fully healthy, it's a different animal. Health is always very important. Your wealth, health's your wealth. Well, matters. Invest in yourself. You have to do that. Uh, I mean, look, Altuve down for a big chunk of the year because of health. Jordan Health. I thought Dusty did a great job managing through that. But now they, they're everybody. That's, and that's the other thing, too. Like, during the middle of the year, everybody, well, this Astros offense is not as good as it usually is. I don't think that this Astros offense is going to be able to, you know, go deep into the playoffs. Oh, I don't, you know, this Astros offense isn't top 10 in OPS. I'm really, really worried. It's like, bro, Jose Altuve is one of the best offensive players in Astros history. He's not played. Jordan Alvarez, who's probably one of the best offensive players right now, has missed 40 games over the year. Let's see what it looks like when they're back. I'm not even saying let's throw Michael Brantley into that conversation when we had it because anything you got from Michael Brantley was bonus. It's gravy. But Sprinkles during, and icing. But two months ago, two months ago, and Altuve and Jordan are both hurt. Let's see what the lineup looks like when they're back. Like well, whenever those two guys are out, all you have to do is tread water until they get back. And when they're back is whenever you put your foot on the gas. But you picked. We both picked the Astros. But did you pick Astros Braves World Series. Uh, I don't remember. Uh, I, I'm with probably because I love the Braves. Yeah, I, I think I, I think to me it was clear cut Astros Braves, and I've stuck with it the entire season. So I'm like you. I've always been that the Astros, when healthy, they're going to be just fine. And now that they're really healthy, and now you're seeing sprinkle and icing, tur- sprinkles and icing turn into a Michael Brantley, like, like he's ripping the cover off of it, and, and that he could be a viable piece to this puzzle. And you think about it, and you give credit to, like you said, the, the, what happened and how Dusty managed it. But also give credit to those guys that were reserves that came in and stepped up big. Sure. You know, you look at the way Dubon stepped up big for all those games for Altuve. Chaz, when Jordan was down. The guys that have stepped up to do what they did helped by the time necessary so the big boys can do what they're doing now. And it's just, this is what the concept of team is all about. It's the consummate team doing what a great team does, and it's fun to watch. It is uh, It is fun to watch whenever they click on all cylinders like that. Look, they beat – I know Nathan Eovaldi was coming off of uh, the injured list, and it's not like the best Nathan Eovaldi. They beat Nathan Eovaldi. Uh, Max Scherzer, maybe he's a little long in the tooth, but they beat Max Scherzer, even beating Heaney. Like, Heaney's been good this year. Like, they yeah. didn't beat you know, no. 4A pitchers. Like, they, they beat Heaney, they beat Eovaldi, and they beat Max Scherzer. It's impressive. One of the other things, too – like of that power surge yesterday, Jose Abreu hitting two home runs in that game, which is awesome to see. I know we've been critical, rightfully so, of Jose Abreu. He had 10 home runs over his first 477 plate appearances this year. Not good, but he has four in his past 35 trips to the plate. I don't even need to see back of the baseball card Jose Abreu. But if Jose Abreu is going to be a threat in this lineup, hitting sixth behind the top five and then Brantley hitting behind him, this offense has the potential to reach another level. Like They're not going to score 12 runs a game, but it's really, really deep whenever you start to think about, okay, if Abreu gets clicking, if it's one of the days where Maldi's not catching, if it's one of the days where Chaz is allowed to play center field. Like This lineup's really, really deep. Really, really, really deep. Good. And the thing is, it's kind of like what we were talking about. This series is microcosm of the year. You expected your big boys, as Dusty refers to them, to be big. But instead, look at the guys. Maldi has a, a two-home run game. Abreu has a two-home run game. Pena's all of a sudden red hot, and he's getting multi-hit games. You're talking about guys, to your point, not just the depth, but that bottom of the lineup, that seven, eight, nine. that's always been kind of an issue off and on for the Astros in the last couple of years. 
has been just as big as the middle of the lineup and the top of the lineup. And now you're talking about a murderer's row, almost one through eight and a half. If we give Maldi when Maldi's in there, but even when Maldi's hitting, there's not a pitcher in baseball that doesn't look at that. And whether they have fear or not, they know they're going to have their work cut out for them facing a lineup like that. What's your opinion of the Astros today? Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN HRP listener line seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. A lot to get to today. We got to do our NFL draft. NFL kicks off today. How pumped up are we about that? NFL kicks off today. Although. I have a healthy amount of Travis Kelsey shares, and maybe the season kicking off with a little bit of a whimper, it seems like. A bad take boulevard today. Lee Sterling will be joining us at 4 o'clock as well. Go over some of the biggest games in college football and in the NFL if you want to throw some bones down on it. 713-780-3776. We're on Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN 97.5. He's at Pac-Man Joel on Twitter. This Joker to the left, the clown to the right, at Joe George Radio. I'm at Jeremy Bradham. Also, where are you at with the Astros in the division right now as it stands? today. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. Hey guys, we know right now that it's football season. Jeremy just mentioned it. The NFL kicking off tonight, that is big. And you know what that means? That means that you're going to want to make it even bigger because you're going to want to cash in. When you cash in at mybookie.ag, you're going to love it because they give you bonuses throughout the process. That means that if you're a new subscriber to mybookie.ag, you've never done this before, you'd like to get involved. When you put money into your account, you're going to get extra bonus money if you use the promo code BET975. That's the key because it's going to open doors and get you bonuses throughout your membership, which is cost nothing, but your your relationship with mybookie.ag. If you're an existing customer and you want to reload your 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 account, all you got to do is put in that promo code when you do. You're going to get a bonus too. It's absolutely fantastic. And why they do it is because they take care of their customers every step of the way. We know with college and pro football now, you're going to have plenty of games that you can make more interesting, plenty of opportunities to bet on football and make sure that you can make cash along the way. And when you want to get it out of the, your account, they're going to pay you. They're not going to hem and haw and trying to hang on to it. They're going to take care of you because they care about their customers. And it's not just about football either. Baseball heading down the stretch and into the playoffs. UFC, we know that that's going to be a big deal for a lot of people too. And if you're just looking for straight casino games, which you don't have time to drive to the casino, all you got to do is go to mybookie.ag. Live dealers standing by with the ability to get you involved and get you in games almost immediately. It's absolutely fantastic. That's why I tell you, if you're going to put money on games, go to a trusted company that's been in business for a long time that takes care of their customers. That's why I tell you to go where you can bet anything, anytime, anywhere. With the only place I tell you to do it, it's mybookie.ag and put in that promo code BET975. He's blank. I'm Branham. couple of texts here. 713-780-ESPN. Um, three three six seven. Astros reminded me of the Rockets during that ninety five run, ninety four ninety five. Got into the playoffs as a six seed, and then went nuts. Astros regular season's been better, but I see what you're coming. I see where you're coming from. They got hot at the end, went all the way. I can see that. Talk about in the NFL more so than anything else. The hot team in the playoffs is so dangerous. Talk about the Giants, their second championship with Eli. You talk about the Packers, the year that they did it. You can get it in as a wild card, but if you're playing great football and, and you're clicking on all cylinders. It doesn't matter home or road. You can get on a run and you can do some things. And I see the comparison as well because, yeah, the playoffs haven't started yet, but if this team can maintain where they are now, and that's a high high bar to, to set in terms of offensive numbers, but if they can just hover around doing the same things, there's no there's no telling how far this team can go with their offense. 7132, Hey Blank and Branham of the Killer Bees. 
Thanks for being a member of the Hive. You guys and Astro fans better hope Dusty Baker does not retire after this season. If Dusty does retire, you better hope the Astros win the World Series and Dusty goes out on top. If the Astros do not win the World Series, it means Blank and Branham and Astro fans ran Dusty out of town. Baseball emoji. Look, the Astros had success before Dusty was here. Let's let's be very, very clear about it. If Dusty retired at the end of the year, do we expect the Astros to fall off a cliff and no longer be a World Series contender? No. I don't. I don't. I think Dusty's done a great job as the manager of the Astros. I think he's done a really good job with the injuries this year. I thought he was magnificent last year in the postseason. I would not anticipate the Astros missing a beat if they are playing under a new manager next season. Why would we? First of all, we're running him off. Well, he's, we're, sometimes he thinks we're too mean on Dusty. In this today, we didn't even mention Dusty, and we were giving him his flowers for what he's been able to do while some of these guys have been out. The bottom line is, you know what? It's a very oiled. It's a very well oiled machine, and so whether it's Joe Espada or another manager that would come in here with the talent you have on this roster. The most critical aspect of anything going forward would be just managing the personalities and taking care of the clubhouse. Sure, there's going to be some decisions on the field as well. Like we'll get to later. Yeah, but but for the <laughs> most part, this team and this lineup and the amount of, of talent that's locked up and is going to be with you for the next couple of years at minimum, some longer than that in the case of like Jordan, you should be excited and realistic in the fact that the golden era is far from ending. It might not end with the World Series every year. Mm-hmm. This team is not going anywhere no matter who's you know pulling the pulling the switches and pushing the buttons. Uh, hashtag in uh, Dusty We Trusty, Fishing with Dana. That's good good recall because in Dusty I Trusty. I had the t-shirt and everything. Uh, Ocho, this team is bipolar, so what they did to the Rangers can easily change like it did with the Yankees after sweeping the Red Sox, not to mention they're playing at home now. Oh, I think that's a fair way to describe the Astros. I would describe Fromber a little bipolar as well. I've called him a wild horse, and you got to break Fromber in every now and then. I think it's disinterest. Like, I really do. Like, if, if I had to tell you one reason, why are the Astros better on the road than they are at home this year? I think they're more interested in road games than they are in home games because they like being the, the team that wears the black hat. They ride into town and they beat up on your team. Hide the women and children because we're about to just abolish. We're just going to crush you. We're going to destroy you. And that's what they just did to the Texas Rangers. And I think they come back home. I think they're a little comfortable. I, I think that they're resting easy. And I don't think they have, like, it sounds weird to say this. And I, I'm like, I mock people that say this all the time. I, I don't think that they have, like, that killer mentality at home for whatever reason. Maybe it's comfort. Maybe it's because, you know, everybody's cheering for them. I don't think it's something that is going to carry over to the playoffs, though, because this either. team has always been able to flip the switch, and most time, most of the time, more times than not, they answer the bell. Yeah, no, they do. I've been through some of this with some of the Rockets teams in the past, too, when they were really, really good, but everybody was just trying to figure out why and place blame on something or things that they were not as good at home during the regular season. I think complacency is exactly what it is. When you have a really good squad that's been really good for an extended period of time, it's natural to relax a little bit, especially when you're a home environment. You're sleeping in your own bed. You're relaxing with your family. you got other things going on. You're hyper-focused on the road because of all the other things, because you're isolated in, in your room, you're hanging with your team, you're doing things together, including playing games. And the biggest thing that actually helps motivate them is every night when they take the field, there's going to be those people in the stands got plenty to say and try and get under your skin. And that just motivates you and dials you in more if you're a good quality team. And this is. So I wouldn't think too much about the regular season because we've seen what's happened in the playoffs. This the city gets behind this team even more. The volume, the level, the, the, the environment in Minute Maid is rocking the roof. 
and this team takes care of their business home and road because they know the sense of urgency with every game. I'm not worried about that at all. Big Bob texts in, and he says it's because they're all married, which, okay, it's one way to look at it. Uh, Todd, the show I know has said in the past, they all have babies, which <laughs> that was what uh, MTV Jess uh, suggested whenever J.P. France had a bad home start not all that long ago. Eh, maybe there's some rhyme or reason there. I don't know. You've Seven, been through that recently. You know what that's like. Yeah, I have a good wife, a really good wife. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Where are you at the Astros right now in this division? There, there's 21 games left to play. They lead the Mariners by a game. Do not have the tiebreaker, though. If the Mariners and the Astros finish tied, Mariners would win the division, or they would get at least the divisional spot as you go into the playoffs. And they lead by the they lead the Rangers by three. Where are you right now, Astros? This division, uh, with where it stands with twenty one to play. Look, I feel really good. I feel like the driver's seat is exactly where they belong. They're going to be, and that's how they're going to finish. And uh, I, I, I really have stayed strong to that opinion that. This team is going to finish strong. Um, the schedule is very conducive for them versus the other two teams. That means something. And, and you look at, from a Rangers perspective, that those last 10 games. Then I heard Pauly talking about the fact that, you know, if the Rangers start falling out of the playoffs, would they just fold up their tents and go home and allow Seattle to try and get the upper hand over the Astros? I don't see it. Like it was he, There's no way he was serious. Uh, I mean, they There's were having no the way conversation. Paul was serious about that. Well, you can go back and listen, but I was listening to it, and it, the conversation went on for a little bit. And, and, you know, he said, wouldn't that be funny if they did that? And, and, you know, and they were talking about it in depth. I'm like, look, the Rangers have too much pride. They've spent too much money. And, and I don't think until they're mathematically eliminated, that's going to happen. I think it's it's a different story to wonder which Padres team is going to show up this weekend with games. I believe they play not only the Astros, but they still have a series against the Rangers, I'm, I, I want to say. You're talking about the, the Padres. The Padres. I'm not sure the Padres have left. I know they have the Astros left. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. So they're out of it. but And they've got a hyper-talented team. So it's interesting to see how they're going to play that series and what happens there. But overall, the schedule, I think, is very favorable for the Astros. And I think the Astros are going to win the division. I think the Mariners are going to uh, come in second. And I think the Rangers are going to miss the playoffs. Yeah, I feel good with the division. I'm not, like, super comfortable. Like, I'm never comfortable. I'm confident they'll win it, though. Like, when we were in Vegas and stayed at Circa, I, have, I had an Astros division championship ticket that I got at plus money. So I'm, I'm comfortable. Uh, it's like, do I think it's going to stay close? I do think it's going to stay close. Now, Seattle's got a stretch here. Like, Seattle mm-hmm. starts a four-game series at Tampa, who's trying to chase Baltimore tonight. We know that Tampa is tough. Tampa's good. Uh, Seattle still has to play the Rangers seven times. They still play the Astros three times as well. So they have a tough schedule. They have a tougher schedule than the Astros. But I think that this division is going to stay close. I think it's going to come down to, at minimum, the final week of the season. It might come down to the final series of the year. I don't expect this to be a runaway whatsoever. No, I don't. And I know that we've had some people that came that told us throughout the process that the Astros are going to end up winning. Air Platinum the other day, didn't he say that they were going to end up winning by like six games, winning the division by six to nine hey, games? Hey, maybe he's going to be right. I mean, I hope he's right. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't bet on I'm it. I'm like you. As much as there was a whole lot of celebratory tweets going on and receipts being you know cashed, uh, the other night and, and last night about Rangers fans. It ain't over, and it's still too close to call no matter how you might think the Rangers are feeling or how good the Astros should be feeling. Everything can change within a series, and these series are big. I, I'm just going to feel really confident about their schedule and the fact that they basically played the majority of the gauntlet of the games and the toughest part of their schedule. So I'm looking forward to seeing how it all plays out, but I like how it lines up for the Astros. Yeah, what do you feel about this, Joe? You feel like it's going to be a runaway uh, with this uh, American League West? Uh, we don't. We don't feel like it's going to be I a runaway. I, runaway is tough, but I think it could get the four or five games. 
That's a runaway. Just, just by the end of the season, if the Astros take care of business against the Mariners in those three games. And Which they, they haven't. They yeah, haven't. Mariners have Mariners have been better than the Astros when they play this year. Yeah, they have been. But like if, if that, that last ten game stretch I think it's really just it's gonna come down to that. Like, here's what the uh the Mariners have. They have four for Tampa starting today. Like if they lose that series and the Astros like San Diego's got some good pitches. Like they face Blake Snell tomorrow. Blake Snell's been unbelievable. Angels at home for three. They should win that series, but then the Dodgers are home. Like that's gonna be a tough one. At Oakland, you feel like they should take two or three there, but then at Texas Home for the Astros, home for the Rangers for four. That's difficult. It's difficult really for Seattle. Uh, it's difficult for Seattle. I could see the Astros, like if the Astros take two of three in that Seattle series, the second to last series of the year, I could see it getting up to five like Joe's talking about. Uh, okay, if, but if you were to predict end of the season, how do the standings look? How many games? If we both believe the Astros are going to win it. Two. Two. Two over Seattle. The Rangers are dying, man. Like, the Rangers have been struggling. I, agree. So I don't like, think they're going to make the playoffs. Like, two weeks ago, we looked at the Rangers, Mariners. They're playing seven times. They're going to beat up on each other. Are we so sure that those seven games for Seattle are all that tough? Rangers have been awful. Yeah, like, what if the Mariners go 6-1 and one or 5-2? Yeah. Like, I, that's why when we did it then, I said the Rangers would miss the playoffs because I just I don't believe, and, and now I definitely don't believe. They're cooked. One of the two, one of two has to happen, right? Like, if... If you win the division by five games, it means the Rangers kind of rally and they're beating up on the Mariners and maybe they're that third wild card. If it's like a one-two game division win over Seattle, it means the Rangers fade, quite honestly, just because they play so many games against one each other. Joe, how many games you got them win the division by? Uh, Astros uh, win the division by three over the Mariners and the Rangers finish about six back. Blue Jays, that third wild card? Yeah. I really, I, for some reason, I want to say four. Okay, I want to say, say that. I, I mean, I get it. I I, I I want to say four because I believe that the way this team offensively looks right now, and because of the schedule, I just really be, I really believe like there's a chance to open up at least. Uh, I don't. I'm not going to go six or more, but I'm going to say I, I, I'm going to say the Astros win the division by four games. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN HRP listener line seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. You can play along. All right, NFL draft. We do this before all of the uh, the big seasons. We're going to have a six round draft. We get points for how well a team does. NFL season kicks off today. What are we going to put on it? What are the stakes? Lunch. This season long bet. It's got to be lunch. Lunch. It's got to sure. be lunch. We have like three different lunch bets going on at the same time. All right, we'll figure out during the break how we're uh, how we're drafting. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. And who do you expect to be some sleeper teams in the NFL? I will make some hay in the 2023 season. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. I like a good drink at the end of the day. I like a good drink as I'm watching some football, and I can do that tonight. First time for, for, for professional football in quite some time. Vodka, gin, bourbon, all part of that rotation for me, and Gentleman Spirits does it better than anybody else. How, you ask? Well, their revolutionary Perseido technology that eliminates impurities for the cleanest, smoothest spirits you'll ever taste. Purification of Gentleman is unrivaled. You'll love what's not in it. Try a sip of Gentle Bin Vodka, gin, straight bourbon, or cast-strength bourbon and compare it to whatever you drink, and you will never go back. I've been a Gentle Bin man ever since I had that first sip. You get all the flavor and none of the burn. It is so smooth. It's so clean. It eliminates the burn. Enjoy your drink. Don't work through it. Look for Gentle Bin at the liquor store on your way home today. Ask for it at your favorite restaurant or bar. Just head over to the Gentle Bin tasting room. Also, if you're headed to an Astros game soon, like tomorrow, this weekend, stop by the Gentle Bin bar right when you walk in the Union Station entrance. Head over to GentleBin.com. See that new website. Learn about their incredible story. Learn about your new favorite and search where you can find. Five, it's the Killer Bees and Murderous Jays. All right, we uh, we drew fighting Glenn Davis's during the break. I pulled a one. I drew first. What did y'all pull? Two. 
Two? Three. You got three? Okay. Just So we're going one, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, not snake? Uh, we've been doing snake. Right, I'm not a fan of snake when I draw number one. Uh, nice try, though, on getting the first pick of every... It's snake. One, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. No, it's funny. This is going to be, the, this was almost the order I was going to just suggest, anyways. Why? Because I, went out, I was going to go off last year's standings. Like uh, our standings or NFL standings? No, last year's. You guys did this last year. Yeah, we yeah. did. Joel won with 54 points. Wow. Brendan finished second with 53. What did I get for that? Wow. And lunch. Jeremy got 48. Is that the second one? I think. Okay. I, don't know. I, I lose exactly what we did. All right. So I got the first pick. This is easy. I go Kansas City. Give me the give me the Super Bowl champions. I go. I got the Kansas City Chiefs. You might as well just give me give me ten points right out of the gate. We're getting one point for a wild card, two points for a division chi- championship, three points for a conference championship, and five points for a Super Bowl win. Is that right? Yep. Yeah, I won. I, I got ten points there at Kansas City right out of the gate. Take the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay. Going with a little NFC love. Well, because the NFC really doesn't have that many good teams. They really don't. I was looking at Super Bowl predictions, like my Super Bowl predictions today, and I really don't want to pick the Eagles. I'm not going to tell you where I landed yet. Look, new offensive coordinator. I'm just saying I want to see how that goes. I want to see how it goes with the new OC there. All right, Joe, you got two here. All right, I'll just go with, uh, I guess we'll preview the next segment a little bit. I'll go Bengals 49ers. Is that your... That's my Super Bowl pick. <laughs> so you got your Super Bowl pick in the yeah. the swing there, huh? Yeah, let's do it. Bengals 49ers. How do you feel about that Joe Burrow calf? I think he'll be fine. How do you feel about uh, Brock Purdy? Is he still questionable? Nah, I think he's going to go. I yeah. think he might have the questionable designation, but they're like, yeah, he's bland. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll be fine. I don't love Brock Purdy, but I you better you better You better like Sam Darnold. I think I do. I don't think Jeremy's wrong on that. I think Brock, I do like Brock, Sam Darnold. Brock Purdy tore his UCL and I last think, year in the playoffs. And, and they, they're somewhat enamored right now with Sam Darnold. So I think early on for sure, but I'm not sure Purdy can stay healthy. Yeah, that UCL is a, it's hanging on by a thread. It's not great. It's hanging on by a thread. You got so so Joe just went bad calf, bad elbow right out of the gate. Oh, he really did. Yeah, he went with the mash unit. <laughs> Whatever. Is he, he went with the IR you went out with, of the gate. You went with no Travis Kelsey, no Chris Jones. Who's our quarterback? Patrick. I rest my case. Pretty good. All right, you're up, Blankers. I am up. Um. I'm going to go Buffalo. Okay. Buffalo Bills, little Josh Allen. I like the Bills. I still um, believe in them. I believe in their defense. I believe when cold weather comes, if they, as long as they have home field, that's a, that's a really strong advantage for them. I, I, like the, I like their total squad. Who do you like on their team that's good in cold weather? I mean, I think Josh Allen, it starts with him. I mean, the dude, you, look at, you, you talk about Mahomes. You talk about in any weather, those two guys dueling. The fact that that game was that close a couple years ago, I'll take Josh Allen. I like Diggs. Diggs can still play in the cold. I mean, he makes catches, uh, and Davis makes catches in the cold. I, I need to see more of their running game, but I like them. It's one of my pet peeves whenever we just like automatically stereotype cold-weather cities as good cold-weather teams. It's like, do we know if Stephon Diggs likes I, no, the cold weather? I'll tell you right now, <laughs> Green Bay is not right now in the last five years. Green Bay is not a good cold-weather team. Yeah, it's like, let's go. Let's open the roofs, and the Texans will have that home-field advantage with this heat. Do we think C.J. Stroud's great with heat and humidity? Like, is Will Anderson fantastic when it's 105 degrees outside? Like, I, I love the stereotypes we give to teams based on their, geo, uh, their geography. But I'll tell you this. What I've said about that <laughs> is if this team practiced outside all the time or at least the majority of the time, they could use the heat to their advantage. They also might die in camp. Geno Smith is great in the rain because he plays for the Seattle Seahawks. I, I love the stereotypes that we, we give to NFL teams. All right, you went. Eagles, Bills. He went San Fran. 
No, I really don't want to do that. I'm not going to do that because I don't like that team. I'm going to pick teams that I'm going to root for all year long. Give me the second best team in the NFC. Give me the NFC North champions. Give me a team that's going to win tonight on Thursday Night Football. Give me the Detroit Lions. We're going to bite your kneecaps off all year long. I believe in Jared Goff. I I believe in Jameer Gibbs. I believe in Jamison Williams when he's not at the ticket window placing bets. I believe in the Detroit Lions. I also believe I really don't want to pick this team, so I'm not. I'm jumping this team. You know who else I believe in? I believe in Kellen Moore. I believe in Justin Herbert. I believe in the targets of Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, uh, Quentin Johnston, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. Give me the Los Angeles Chargers, the best team in L.A. Mm. Sorry, Key. Okay. Uh, look, I like the pick. I think the Chargers. Thank you. I, I was looking, I I was think, looking I, for your affirmation. I, well, I mean, you don't need it, and I, I'm not saying it for your benefit. I'm just saying it because overall it's a good pick because I think as long as their head coach gets out of the offense's way to make and doesn't make dumb decisions, there's too much talent on there for that team not to be good. I think they're extremely talented. Top five offense this year. Yeah, and they've got they've got enough weapons to be that. So I I don't think that's a bad pick at all. Um, I'm going to go. Man, I got a strategic pick, but I'm, I'm gonna... strategic pick. You don't think Joe's going to pick up on your strategic? Are you outsmarting Joe George? It's not hard with your drafting. Joe, Joe said it, so I didn't have to. <laughs> um, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna take the. I'm, I'm going to take the Jets. I'm gonna take the Jets because I because believe, you love Aaron Rodgers. No, it's not because I love Aaron Rodgers. Because I believe that that team was a quarterback away of being a whole hell of a lot better than they were, and they were actually pretty good dealing with the quarterbacks they were dealing a year ago. And and Aaron Rodgers is a guy as much as he wants to do it his way. If he if he just stays within the system and throws dimes like he can, team's a playoff team. So I'll I, take was gonna take I love that you just took Aaron Rodgers. I, was take I love that Blankers took because it, 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 it confirms everything I've been saying. Blankers loves Aaron Rodgers. And you're wrong, but at the same time, I've, you, I've, I've said over and over again, picked I don't love him off the field. Right, I picked the Jets. I didn't pick Aaron Rodgers, and I believe that the team, I just said what I said. Would you but, pick him if Zach Wilson was their quarterback? No, but it, but there love were other Aaron options. Rogers. So, you, you know, you can continue to legitimize your feelings. I know what my feelings are. I know that I've said all along, I can't stand him off the field. I can't stand all the drama and the soap opera-ness that was Green Bay. But I know that he's one of the best throwers of football I've ever seen. And I think that with that team, he's got plenty of weapons. I'm excited to watch the Jets. All right, I'm going to chase some division winners here. So I'm going to take Jacksonville first. And I think Trevor Lawrence can take that next step this year. And then I'm going to take the Saints. Gosh, that's the Okay, thank you. I, I'm going to take some division winners here, try to get some points. So, so you can't add smart Joe George. Take, I told well, you that was I, dangerous. I was going to take the Jets because they're going to win the division, but trade, you beat me. Trade, trade the Jets for the Saints. No. It's because you love Rodgers. All right, so I got the Jacks and the Saints as my third and fourth. You're up, Blankers. Start the clock. I'm going to take uh, the Dolphins. Ooh, Mike, Dolphins. you're a believer in Mike I'm going to roll the dice. Oh, you on... went three AFC East I know, games. I did. It's game theory. But I'm, I'm going to roll the dice on the fact that if Tua stays healthy, hopefully, that there's there's a ton of weapons and a ton of talent on both sides of the football there, too. Man, you are going to make me pick this team, aren't y'all? The Dallas Cowboys? Mm, I didn't want to. I know you. I don't want to either. They're yours. All right, you you said it, not me, but sure. Give me the give me the, give me the Jarrett. Give me the Cowboys. Give me Brandon Cook. What do they call him? The Archer. What a dumb nickname. He's going to go Archer his way to a second place finish in the NFC East. Um, 
I'll go Baltimore. Give me the Cowboys, Baltimore. Lamar Jackson's going to air it out. Zay Flowers. I, I have a, I have a football crush on Zay Flowers. Give me the Baltimore Ravens. They could be a surprise team if everything hits on all cylinders. Give me the Baltimore Ravens. That's where I was leaning. So I am going to go with the NFC North champions, the Minnesota Vikings. Defending or this year's champions? They're going to beat the Lions. Oh, okay. Because you've been pooping on season. Kirk Cousins and the Vikings Rick, all offseason. But I've also said regular season Kirk Cousins is different than playoff Kirk Cousins. So okay. I'm going to go with Kirk Cousins and the Vikings, and I'm going to take the Vikings. Chase some division titles. I like where you're at. I like where your mind's at. All right, Joe, these are your last two. I'm really struggling with this next one. Um, you should, I mean, this. if you don't pick a specific no, you know here, I'm just you're waiting. soft. I'm waiting for the end. Um, I, oh, yeah, really? Because you made a boastful prediction. You know what? I, I'm going to take a team that, like, fucking wins here. So I'm going to take a coach that always finishes a, finishes above 500. I'm going to take the Steelers. Okay. Uh, and I think they got a chance to make the playoffs this year. So I'll go Steelers. He finished 500 last year, but never worse than 500. Yeah, right. you're right. And then, look, I'm going to take the real winner of the NFC North. I'm not going to back down from my bet. Green Bay Packers? I'm taking Justin Fields, DJ Moore, Roshan Johnson, Hook'em Horns. I'm taking the Bears. You have a lot of shares in, in Chicago. Yeah. You have a lot on the line this year with the Chicago Bears. Well, that's why I took them last. It's a dangerous place to be with your favorite team, though, whenever you have so much at stake for your favorite team because they can let you down on two different fronts. Jeremy, they've been letting me down they will for let you 31 down years. Well, thir- what's, gonna, what's, what's the 32nd? Exactly. There we go. Like, what's going to change? You know, I guess 30, this is 31. Like, most of my life, they've disappointed me. Well, this year they're going to cost me a lunch, a bottle of General Ben, and probably this competition. It's ain't a lunch, baby. It's a hat. A He's hat, talking. To, right. Oh, that's right. Yeah. A hat, a bottle. Yeah. Sexy Rexy Grossman's not walking through that door. He's not. Okay. Uh, last pick. I'm looking for a team that hopefully at least finishes second in the division with a chance to make the playoffs and do more. I'm going to take. I don't believe in either team. Hmm. I'll take the Seahawks. <laughs> I love your draft because you just drafted a bunch of teams that you've been hating on for the last month. Yeah. <laughs> you said yesterday you do well, not believe in Seattle. Between the Giants and the, the, the Seahawks. Because I believe you got the pick wrong, I'll take the Giants just for the fun of it. Great. <laughs> fun, fun, fun. So Daddy takes the T Bird away. Uh, look, I, I, I hate I think Seattle's gonna fall flat on their face, but if I look at that division, Arizona's terrible, the Rams are terrible. I think that if the Niners have any issues with quarterback or injuries, Seattle could do what they did a year ago and their defense is decent. So there you go. Oh, we get a point per win too. So like if they go ten and seven, they get ten points. Yeah. And then all these playoff things are bonuses. Yes. Oh. We might have. That's how you guys did it last year. Yeah, I just didn't realize that. I don't think it would have changed anything, though. But I'm definitely, in case it wasn't uh, obvious, my Mr. Irrelevance, the, the team that Blankers didn't pick in the uh, the New York Giants. All right, so those are our uh, six. Who got the best of this draft? I got Chiefs, Lions, Char- Here's Joel and Jeremy. Some of us get provoked more than others. Uh, we just had our draft, which a lot of people think I won. Uh, seven- I, I, don't, I don't think I won. I'll be honest. <laughs> You're not happy with your not draft? Not happy with my draft. It's how, uh, it's how Joe leaves most of his fantasy football drafts where he's just kind of kicking rocks on his way out the door. That's Man, not true. I don't like this team. I feel good about fantasy usually. 7-1-3-2. Uh, 
Hey, Jeremy Branham of the Killer Bees. Why do you not want Jalen Hurts spelled like the rental car company and the Philadelphia Eagles in this year's Super Bowl? Is it because you, Jeremy Branham, are afraid that there will be two black quarterbacks again in this year's Super Bowl? Uh, Two different colored football emojis, which I don't know how he did that. Kind of impressed, actually. How did he have two different? He's got a gold football and just your regular pigskin colored football. That's interesting. Um... I guess let's finish the segment before I address this. Uh, Joe already said his Super Bowl predict- uh, his prediction. Yeah, I'm going, going Cincinnati, 49ers. which you know there was once a time before last year's postseason where they were calling Arrowhead Stadium Burrowhead Stadium because Kansas City and Pat Mahomes could not beat the Cincinnati Bengals when it mattered most. Right? That that existed. Remember, and Travis Kelsey Burrowhead my behind all of that stuff. So there was a time when Burrow, there was a lot of people thought that Burrow was just going to beat Pat Mahomes. He had that it factor to beat Pat Mahomes. How do you feel about Joe's Cincinnati pick? Start there. I think Cincinnati is a really good football team. I think that for some reason along the way, it seems like they have the Chiefs number. I think that they can play with the Chiefs, just like I think the Bills can. I think those are the, the the elite of the AFC. I think it's those three teams. But I believe from the standpoint of, of the three quarterbacks, I'll always put money down on the guy that's been there, done that, and won that. And and I think that that's why you know the other two guys have to prove, as good as Allen was a couple years ago going head-to-head with Mahomes, he falters sometimes. He, he doesn't take care of the football sometimes. Been to a Super Bowl. Yeah, so I, I think that... I, I like Joe being, you know, it's tough to see a repeat of the two teams from a year ago, but I, I like the fact that Joe was willing to kind of take that 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 risk. Well, KC bit. was there last year, right? Well, that's what I'm saying because I'm gonna for non, I'm gonna leave all the racist comments out of it, but I should say no. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm going right away, but I'm going with the rematch of last year's Super Bowl. Oh, you said last year's Super. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you were talking about. Yeah, Joe's no, I like. I, I think we Joe's pick of the Bengals. I pick. like it. You know, and kind of shaking it up a little bit and believing in that team. I'm going with a rematch. I believe that um, the, the Eagles are the clear cut right now because of quarterback and because of Jalen Hurts' play last year. I, I'm curious to see how he plays this year, but he's got too many weapons. They've added to the running backs. Uh, their defense is loaded. And, and the fact that, you know, the Chiefs are the Chiefs. I'll go Chiefs-Eagles. I hate that you did this. Why? Because I'm doing this too. Okay. I hate that you did it because I'm also doing this. Uh, I well, believe- you're not racist. Uh, maybe I still am. Maybe because I have the Chiefs winning, I'm now racist again. Okay. Although, would it be? Because I have Pat Mahomes. Um, look, I love Jalen Hurts. Uh, Houston kid went to Channelview. I, have, I root for Jalen Hurts. I have the Chiefs over the Eagles. First Super Bowl rematch in 30 years. Mm-hmm. This will be the first time since the Cowboys and Bills at the end of the 92, end of the 93 season, r- Played again in back-to-back Super Bowl. So it seems chalky to pick Kansas City and Philadelphia, obviously, because it was last year's Super Bowl. But this would be the first Super Bowl rematch in 30 years. I think the world of Andy Reid, I was having a conversation with my friends earlier today. Are we sure that Bill Belichick's a better head coach than Andy Reid? Are we sure? Andy Reid's been unbelievable with a bunch of different quarterbacks. Took Donovan McNabb to a Super Bowl, got Mike Vick close to winning an MVP, made Kevin Cobb go Cougs, lots of money, made Alex Smith a playoff quarterback there in Kansas City. And Smith was Smith also did that in San Francisco. I think the world of Andy Reid. I think Andy Reid's the best. He might not be better than Belichick, but he's the best offensive mind we've seen in NFL history. Pat Mahomes might go down as the greatest quarterback in NFL history. I'm not going to pick against Kansas City, probably ever, until there's slippage from Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid's gone. 
Philadelphia, I do have some concerns with their offensive coordinator. Uh, the fact that Steichen's gone, that's something that concerns me, but I think they have too much talent that they're going to overcome that if it is an issue. I think Jalen Hurts is phenomenal, would have won an MVP if he didn't get hurt. Uh, they've added to that running back room now, like Swift. Didn't have a great year in Detroit. Didn't have a great career in Detroit. But you also brought in Penny. Gainwell's still there. They're receivers, man. Like, you get A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. That's dirty. And like you mentioned, their defense is unbelievable. That team is loaded. I also don't think that highly of the NFC. Like, I like San Francisco. Like, those would be my top two picks of the NFC. Philly, San Fran. Like, sorry, but I just don't believe in Brock Purdy. I think Brock Purdy's solid. I think Brock Purdy can be Jimmy Garoppolo. I think Brock Purdy can win 11 games in a regular season. Do I think Brock Purdy can win three playoff games? Two playoff games? No, I don't. I think the thing about Brock Purdy for me is, like, I'm not I'm not all in. I just, because I think we're all kind of ignoring the fact that the Eagles lost their defensive coordinator, too. And I know at the end, not a lot of people like Gannon. Yeah, it's Jonathan Gannon. But, like, I don't think Hassan Reddick's going to re- repeat what he did last year. The thing with Purdy is Carter in that defense. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah even, if he, Carter. even if Brock Purdy is Jimmy Garoppolo, I think the big difference is Brock Purdy doesn't seem to make the big interception throw that Jimmy was throwing. That's that, back. to me, feels like the big difference maker right now between the two of them. Here, if if the 49ers, because look, I mean, they could get it, they could get the bye, right? They, they only have to win two games to go to the Super Bowl if they get the bye. Do you have confidence in Brock Purdy down by four? with a minute and a half to play, gets the ball at his 20 to lead a game-winning drive in the postseason? Right now, the answer is no. That's where I'm at. I believe that Jalen Hurts can. I know that Pat Mahomes can. Yeah, I no, know no that Joe Burrow it. can. I think that's where it comes down to when we always talk about the most important position in all of sports, in team sports. You've got to have a guy that's been there, done that, and can do it again. And I think that Allen is that guy. Herbert could be that guy. Burrow could be that guy. And Burrow's had a lot of you know big moments as well. He stepped up. I don't see that in Brock Purdy. I think Jalen Hurts impressed the hell out of me last year. I was still doubting a lot of Jalen Hurts' game, and I openly was vocal about that and then openly admitted the kid was extremely impressive. The fact that he did what a lot of quarterbacks are never able to do and improved his accuracy was amazing to me. And the way that he – the precision in which he threw the football was impressive. And like we both said, adding to the running back room and then also just how much talent is on that team – and the fact that the rest of the NFC is just less than. I think it's a two-team race in the NFC, and I think it's there's many more teams in the conversation in the AFC. Yeah, I don't I don't love the NFC. Like I, I really don't. Like Philly Philly to me is the best team in the, in the yeah, NFC. San Fran's there. What's hard is that it, we all know though about by the end of the season, there's gonna be a third team in the conversation. Detroit. I just I'll believe it when I see it. I get it. I just I'm not I don't believe in golf. I don't spin to a Super Bowl. I'm, I'm adamant with that. With McVeigh. Okay, he's got Benny Johnson. We think is the next McVeigh. Mm-hmm. But, like, I just, I love what they have. It's just, I, I love what I they're would never, building. Yeah, I would never pick the Lions until I see it. Okay. It's all right. But, 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 that, but that's the a legit question, then. Who is the third best team in the NFC? I just you told, think, I, told I, you I, know, I understand that I think you it's said Detroit. the Lions. It's Detroit or, I think, New Orleans. New Orleans is going to have a really, a really advantageous position at the end of the year because of how bad their division is, I think. But... I don't know, man. It could be the Cowboys. It could a lot be of people the, would tell you it's the Cowboys. It could be the Cowboys. A lot of people I, listening to us right now would tell you it's the well, Cowboys. Of course, yeah. But I, I think, I mean, I don't care how much.